had a client ask about donor advised funds. And I thought, geez, we haven't even done an episode about this very important topic that we both use a lot. So we're going to have this episode about donor advised funds. By the end of this episode, you'll understand what a donor advised fund is and what the advantages of them are and what situations that we see clients using them. Hi, I'm Bridget Sullivan Mermel, and I've got a family financial planning practice in Chicago, Illinois. And I'm John Shear. I have a fee-only financial planning practice in Middleton, Wisconsin. And before we jump into donor-advised funds, I just want to remember, remember to remind everybody to hit that subscribe button. That helps other people find this good content on YouTube. It helps us gain our visibility. So hit subscribe. And then, Bridget, let's talk donor-advised funds. Yeah, so I heard you had a great phraseology. You called it a mini foundation. So why don't you talk? tell, tell me how you talk to clients about this. Well, sure. You know, donor advised fund or DAF, it's this buzzword that you hear and people are like, oh, what does that even mean? Right. But people understand, I think, what a foundation is, you know, hey, rich people give money and there's the, you know, XYZ family foundation. So, and that really is to me what a donor advised fund is. A foundation, you have to have uh, legal documents and a separate tax return. And, and you got to have, you know, a lot of zeros in the portfolio for it to make sense. Uh, and and the, what a donor advised fund, it's like, hey, if you were, you know, one of the Rockefellers sort of thing and you wanted to set up a foundation, but you can do it with just a few thousand dollars. There's very low, there's no administrative costs. It's really easy to do. It's kind of like having a, a just another account at Schwab or Fidelity, but it's this little mini charity. So so that's how I describe it. That's how I think it really works is just being able to do that on a micro level. And it can be really powerful from a tax standpoint and a, and a, and a control standpoint for everybody, I think. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the different client situations we see where it makes the most sense. The first one I see is... First of all, people are benevolent oriented. So they want to give some people, they want to give away some money, but they have appreciated stock. And they, so they've had stock that's gone up. Maybe sometimes it's a, even employee stock purchase plan and the stock has gone up and they have what we call a concentrated position, but they're trying to figure out, okay, I don't want to pay capital gains on all this. And so we open a donor advised fund, and then you can just transfer those shares to the donor advised fund. And the person gets the tax deduction for the full market value. So they don't have to pay any tax on the capital gains and you get the tax deduction. Yeah. So you get the tax deduction for the full market value and you don't have to pay any capital gains. So it's win-win from a tax standpoint. Yeah, that's the ideal situation. Yeah, right. I just wanted to jump in for one second, just talk like structurally. Talk it is like a like a little separate account. But what happens, just as you described, Bridget, right? You put this money in appreciated a stock that's gone up, a mutual fund, heck, even just cash. But then what happens when the money is there is that month that that your donor advised fund, your separate account at Schwab, is a technically it's a charity. So I've given that money to charity. But it's but it's not United Way or my church or whatever. It's my little donor advised fund, and then from that fund, then I can make distributions. I can say, hey, from a hey, donor advised fund, send money to United Way, send money to the Humane Society, send money to my church, and the distributions from that you know from that account go to charity. But the, the my tax deductible charitable contribution comes from putting that stock or that cash into the donor advised fund. So I just wanted to point that out, like that's the sort of structure I didn't get to before we start talking about these great strategies. Right. So the first thing is uh, that you 
you put the money in, you get a tax deduction, and then you have the money in this account and you can donate it at your leisure. Okay. And so that's the first situation that we have that we see a lot. And sometimes actually we do some offsets too. So if somebody's got a big position in uh, from some employee stock, we'll say, okay, we'll put some in your donor advice fund and then we'll sell some and we'll have some offsetting capital gains. And it's very sweet. We love it from a tax perspective. Yeah. Um, Income here from selling tax deduction there from donating, right? Wipe things out. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's, it could be used in both of those situations. Another strategy is what they call bunching. I don't know. It, it's not, it, it evokes too much. I don't know who came up with bunching, but it, <laughs> it does say. So this is for the people who don't usually itemize, but give a lot of money away. So say you give away $10,000 a year or so, and you don't meet the limit for itemizing, which is, uh depends on if you're single or married. It's pretty pretty high. So a lot of people don't itemize anymore. Um, and so what you do is you save up uh, maybe twenty dollars or $30,000 and you do a donor advised fund every so often, every few years. And then you take the deduction for it then. And then you, again, um, donate this, distribute this money to charities at your leisure. So it helps you get the tax advantage of donating uh, without w- when you don't itemize. Yeah. And, and uh, th- those are, I mean, some of the exact strategies that we use for clients here. The other one that comes into play for us often is as somebody is approaching retirement and they say, listen, this year, next year, my income is going to be pretty high. So my tax bracket is pretty high. And then when I retire, I've got cash in the bank. I've got I bonds or CDs I'm living off of. And you know, in two years, my tax bracket's going to be, you know, maybe zero or twelve percent or something. So I want to take a tax deduction today at my current rate at twenty four percent, because in the future I'm going to be lower. But I don't want to give you know a, a ton of money to again. I'll, I pick you know United Way or the church. I don't want to give it all to them right now, but I want the tax deduction today. So I can take it, take that, put the money in the donor advised fund. And, and you said, you know, give it away at my leisure from the donor advised fund. So I can say, listen, maybe I give $5,000 a year to uh, to my church. I'm going to maybe say, I'll take four years of donations. I'll give $20,000 to my donor advised fund because what if I change churches or I move away? And so then I can make those donations so I can control the timing of the tax deduction and I can control the timing of the distribution where it goes to the charity, as opposed to having to pick one or the other of those things. Yeah, I love that strategy. I remember Bert Whitehead talking about it. It's like figure out how much you want to donate every month when you retire and then or every year and then make the big donation for, say, 10 years even uh, when you're still working. And it really helps you with your uh, pay less in taxes. Yep. Yep. I'll, t- I'll tell you the one other thing that we use. And so the things you described, that's exactly on point. When you've got an investment that's gone way up, great. I can make a donation. And and, and I'll, I want to point out that you can take, give appreciated, you know, money that's gone up. I bought, you know, Apple stock. It went way up. I can usually give that. Many charities have a brokerage fund. I can give that to my church. I'm on the education foundation board here in, in Middleton. We have a brokerage account. You can give your appreciated stock to that to that uh, uh, board and that foundation, and they can sell it. So it's not like the donor advice fund is the only way to do it, but having that control over where it goes and when it goes uh, is, is really important with a donor advice fund, which you don't get when you give it directly to charity. The other thing that, that comes into to place is if you think about what we just described, 
I give money to the donor advised fund. That's technically the charitable deduction. And then the donor advised fund gives money away. I've only have to keep track of one donation perhaps for the year, right? Even if I'm itemizing and we all have experience with, I make a donation here and a donation there and you get those receipts and you got to track all those things. Well, listen, if I say, look, I'm going to give $20,000 to my donor advised fund, even if I'm going to give all that money away this year, right? But then I have one, I can, I can make $100 here and $500 there and $200 there. And the donations from my uh, charitable fund, my donor advised fund to those charities isn't the tax deduction. It's that one lump sum that goes in. So from a record keeping standpoint, we've got some folks that say, listen, I don't care about the timing on things. I don't have stock that's gone up that I want to donate. I just don't want to have to keep track of 200 different receipts for all my charitable donations. That can really streamline things and make it an easier way to keep track of your charitable giving. Yeah, I had one client uh, talk about how easy it was and how much she enjoyed uh, giving that way because she could go on the website and just type in... um, you know, I want to give $200. And then there was like a drop down list. So she could search all the charities. She didn't have to even mess around with like figuring out the address or how to deal with the check. It was just, it's just done. Really simplified the process. And to me, it also simplifies, it, it makes the good feeling. So sometimes it, when you're giving money, you don't get 10 times as much happiness if you donate 10 times as much. So if you donate $1.50, you get almost as much happiness as you if you donate $15. And $15, I think a lot of people think is a pretty small donation anyway. So, right. so just little amounts actually really play your happiness. So if you, but yet from a pragmatic standpoint, it's like, how do you even giveaway like very you know smaller amounts i think there is a minimum with the accounts of how much you can give away at maybe like say fifty dollars something like that but, yeah. but again it just simplifies the record keeping and simplifies just your interaction with your the charity and it can maximize your happiness so uh another thing about donor advised funds is you can give it anonymously so i like that idea too because a lot of people uh i think if you don't get credit uh, it helps. It makes you happier. I don't know if it makes the charities happier because I think they want to advertise it, but not get, not being the person that takes credit. Uh, again, it's associated with some more happiness. I wanted to bring up just two sort of downsides or things to be aware of. There's not many downsides to these donor advised funds. I mean, it really is a slick deal. I've had come across two things just for people to be aware of is that Um, When you make a donation to a smaller charity, I live in Dane County, the United Way of Dane County, large churches, it's already already been vetted like, yep, that's an acceptable charity. We'll send that money right away. If you live in a small town, we had somebody up in northern Wisconsin wanted to give to the local, you know, some small, it was a legitimate charity, but what Schwab does or all the donor advised fund, the the housing firms, they have to go and make sure that it's a qualified charity because you can't give it to an individual or something else. So it can take a little bit of time if you're in one of the smaller places. That happened to me with my churches. It was a smaller church and it wasn't on their radar. Now anybody else goes to St. Dunstan's, they'll be able to find that. And yep, it's already in there. It's been approved. So that's one thing. And the other thing we had is we had uh, a client whose company was met would match donations up to a certain amount. Hey, I send in a check for a thousand, they give a thousand. That's awesome for the charity. 
the, the, this particular business didn't have a great way of matching when it came from the donor advised fund. And so if you're part of a matching program, you might just want to double check that was a sticking point in, in that situation. Those are the only two things. One is a little bit of a timing, the other that matching, but that's the only thing I know of that uh, is any drawback to using a donor advised fund. So um, with that, hey, I think it's a good place to wrap up a great conversation here. I'm John Shear. I run a fee-only financial planning practice in Middleton, Wisconsin. And I'm Bridget sullivan Mermel. I've got a fee-only financial planning practice in Chicago, Illinois. John and I are both looking for new clients right now, but we also have a membership organization that we both belong to called the Alliance of Comprehensive Planners or acplanners.org. And if you want to find a local advisor in your area, you can check out that website and they can help you out. That's right. And don't forget, hit that subscribe button.